Ah, are you there? Of course I'm here. I was the one who invited you. I thought you was lost again. No. I don't get lost, Mr. Collins. I know my way around. I carry a big ball of string like that. Um, Who was that? Was it Greek guy? Went in and killed the Minotaur? Took a ball of string with him? Perseus, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, Perseus. I think you're right. What? Yeah. On about old bulls, I had a notification for Facebook when I popped up a minute ago. Um, one of our local auctioneers doing a live auction on two-year-old breeding bulls coming up for sale. Mm. And instead of having them in the ring like they normally do, they were running them up one of the races with all the farmers stood on the outside observing social distancing and the bulls going up through the race being auctioned. Very strange. <laughs> strange times. Yes. Yeah, strange. Here, you cheeky bugger, send me a message. Make sure your phone's on silent sound off. It's not my phone that keeps going off. Who forgets? No, it's always it? <laughs> cheeky bugger you are. <laughs> sound off. Want to remind yourself, boy? Uh, I, I, I did. So I sent it to you. <laughs> it's, it's like what my granddad was saying. Instead of saying, pull yourself together, you always say, pull yourself to pieces, boy. <laughs> Pull yourself to what? Your hamster's playing up again. I said, my granddad would, my paps, he'd always say, not say, pull yourself together. He'd always say, pull yourself to pieces, boy. <laughs> now, you'll have to bear with me because we're live from the farm. Uh, the, uh, farmer's just finished chain arrowing. He's going to change, change equipment. We might be rolling any second. So you might hear a bit of farm machinery in the background and uh, a couple of spaniels having a crack. Is that the same farmer that likes Elvis, so he can do a bit of rock and rolling? <laughs> that was a bit rubbish, wasn't it, Greg? Really, come on. You could do better than that one. I could do, but you'd have to lie down and take it. <laughs> not going to go down that road again. You nearly lost your nose. Do you want to lose the rest of it? Go on, man. Go on. <laughs> I know there ain't much to chop off, and I'd only have to use a little pruning knife, but there you go. Yeah, I've got a very dainty nose for a big bloke. But it can smell a bacon sandwich at 400 yards. I'm all right. I was talking about the size of your manhood. Oh. Hey, when God was handing out brains, you thought you said trains and asked for a slow one. Yeah. <laughs> works for me, boy. It works for me. Well, that's why they say you want one for a wart on the end of your nose. Yeah. I'm more like that big Hereford bull, you see. Pretty coat and looks. <laughs> yeah. We've got plenty of armour behind it. Yeah. Not like one of them continental bulls. Cool. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> Five foot of legs with a bloody tank on top. I feel I sorry for the cows. Well, yeah. Well, there's so much I can say right there, but I better not on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, brace yourself, Gertie. He's coming around the field again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know. <laughs> what, can we, what can we say? I'm well, yeah. No, I'm not going to even go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, uh, so uh, what we had on in the last week then since our last fight in Uh, I went stalking on Saturday and bumped two of my resident bucks, both still in velvet. Um, and if it had been a week and a half later, one of them would have ended up as a fridge filler. <laughs> Yeah. Bloody typical. Go to look for an old doe that I know is now barren and find two bucks instead. <laughs> uh, that's about normal. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about deer. I had to I had to call off the estate. Um, 
been uh, got a deer uh, still alive, been knocked down and um, just in by an office, by the offices on the estate. So I had to go up and deal with that. What it turned out was is uh, the estate next door has got a lot of footpaths on it and our estate hadn't got any footpaths. And uh, it being chased, I'd say it was just, I'd best say it was about 18 months, not quite two years old, this, this dough. Um, it'd been chased and had by a dog. I could see the teeth marks on its neck. I did send you the pictures, I think. You um, did. And uh, it, it came running out with a dog behind it. Deer hit the car. The dog bounced off the car and ran back yelping. Um, bloody typical people can't get their dogs under control or on a lead. And uh, so he came charging across, came in by the side of the offices and ended up in the small wood uh, by the other side of the offices down behind a salt bin. And uh, I right. so had, had to go and deal with it. And uh, I just wish people bloody well keep their dogs on a lead or keep control of them. I can see another rant coming on, Mr. Collins. <laughs> oh, I can see another rant coming on in the next article, I tell you. I tell you, I caught up with some of these so-called flaming dog walkers. Just traps. It's like the other day, a bloody headmistress. I said, you do realise there are no public footpaths here and you've got your dog running wild right through my grey partridge area. I said, these are wild grey partridge. It's a conservation breeding programme. And, oh, yeah, I know there's no footpaths, but we're not doing any harm. I said, actually, yes, you are. No, you do not belong here. I said, your dog has gone right through those, those areas where those partridges are nesting and pairing up and coupling up. You know, um, so... Uh, I was polite about it. I didn't lose my um, you didn't use my sharp side of my tongue and my country boy West Country vocabulary. I was very polite. Well, as it's unusual for you. Well, I know I was in a good mood that day. <laughs> and, um, you know, having having just won won the lottery, you know, I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy myself a, a new pasty. Are you on that? Did you? Yeah, I won two pound fifty. You can't get a pasty for that. Now they put VAT on them. Well, I know. It's ridiculous. Pasty tax. <laughs> yeah. It's just so ridiculous, isn't it? You know. But so what I'm doing now is I'm going to wait for one so he's going out of date so it's reduced so I can afford one. I suppose you <laughs> could buy one of little cocktail pasties we buy the toddlers. Well, yeah. He's That's in little ones. So yeah. Yeah, them, them there are little ones. I mean, obviously, I was just going on a rant about that bloody headmistress woman and fucking dog. So, but I might have got a, a squirrel control job out of it. So... Wasn't all bad, um, but so that's why I kept me kept me cool. But but anyway, talking about pasties, them their little snack. Have you seen them little pasties? Them mini mini Cornish pasties they've been doing. Well, we've had little cocktail ones for years, about three inches long and about two inches wide. Yeah, but that's the ones I've been getting a load of. But they but they've been doing it with the Devonshire pastry on it with the the top oh. crust. Oh oh, never mind. We'll miss that. But we'll edit that out or something. <laughs> uh, no, what I was going to say is, right, they're just bite size. And I tell you, what, I can snaffle back loads of them quite easily. Yeah, it's just in your top pocket at the par. Right, I tell you what, it's just, what? Hmm. Took, took, took some out on the shoot with me the other day, fresh baked, because we had them, like, you know, part baked and you warm them warm by yourself. And I took them up on the shoot. And I tell you what, Christ, I snaffled five of them back without realising. Yeah. You know, did you see. Um... During, I think it was tail end of last last week, a farmer has put signs up. It's no longer if your dog is worrying my livestock. It is now all dogs loose on this land will be shot end of because he's lost many lambs. Can't blame him for that. No, 
I remember Bruce Gold on the Earl of White. I mean, he had enough problems with it over there, and he ended up having to shoot a couple, didn't he? Got nothing much trouble. Yeah. But, but the end, they were on the other end of the island, wasn't it? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, I just, people just got to learn to keep control of their dogs. If they can't keep control of the dogs, keep them on a lead. You know, the, worrying the livestock's one thing, but chasing the wildlife, oh, that really does my head in. I mean, especially when we we got, you know, does now, they're pregnant, um, you know, and having the young very shortly. And, you know what I mean? It's, they can miscarry anything. Like I said, this, yeah. this young, this young doe in perfect health, I had to shoot. And, uh, you know, she's been smacked by a car, bitten around the neck, in total shock. And it's, by the time I got there, a poor thing, just doing it a kindness, putting out of his misery. Oh, yes. You know, I mean, I, I, mean I, I skinned it up and butchered it up, and I managed to save some of the meat. The rest of it, well, he went out to feed the buzzards and stuff. On about buzzards, I believe you've got a couple of kites up your way as well. Yeah, yeah, we've we've had a pair of red kites now for, oh, blow me. Now, Sarge got killed, Scott, Sarge died 1st of September 2009. And his brother came over from America for a funeral, and that was the first time we saw him. So what's that? That's coming up 12 years. Blimey. Yeah. 12 years this year we had him, because they, they, they appeared around about the time when Sarge died. Yeah. So yeah, we had the pair. They'd come back, you know, every year. Um, we got local population of peregrines. Um, got sparrowhawks on the shoot, kestrels. We got a couple of, well, about four buzzards. Got got about three pairs of tawny owl, two pair of barn owl, and little owls are down in the willow tree down at the bottom. And now you got a partridge in a pear tree, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Never a true word said in jesting. It wasn't a pear tree, it was an apple tree. <laughs> He's taken up residence. He likes sitting in the apple tree. Well, you get a pair of apples, didn't you? Well, you can have a pair of cacklebirds, but it don't mean it's a pear tree. <laughs> and I hear one of our um, avid followers is having cackleberries and quackleberries for breakfast this week. <laughs> yeah, apparently, you know, and you know, and I, I did put on the post when I seen it. I said, you know, uh, what was I said? It's, um, what was I said, Greg? I can't bloody remember. I've been asleep so many times. I since don't know. Then. I know I put you sit around enough being a roofer that you probably could hatch if you. I can't remember what you wrote. <laughs> well, I remember now, right? Because I mean, I don't mind. They take the Mickey, whatever else. At least tag me in the post so I can have a laugh back with you and take the Mickey back. <laughs> That's what I say. I put imitation might be the highest form of flattery. But it reflects the lowest level of intelligence and imag- imagination. <laughs> I think it was something like Aristotle or someone said that originally or something like that. I can't remember. Somebody like had that. a lot of time on their hands anyway. <laughs> well, that's it. So, um, yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. we, um, Yeah, so, you know, cacklebris, quackleberries. What makes me laugh is they all take the mickey so I don't mind one little bit I like a good crack and a good laugh as long as they, they include me so I can give it some back but, <laughs> but, but most most don't because um, as they say you know taking the mickey I'm a professional just like their mother was uh, <laughs> or, or I can say something like you know 
do you know what they're like, boy? I seen you on telly. And they go, yeah, really? I said, yeah, it was interference. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the, the thing is, I, I mean, I grew up in a docking fa- docker's family and a farming family. And taking the mickey right from the, the minute your eyes open to they shut is a daily thing. You know, it's, a day, it, it's there. I was, I was baptized in fire from an early age. Um, so... I can have a laugh and take the mickey back. Um, but most don't like it when I do because they can't keep up with me. No. You know, so there's, 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 so, much, there's so much I can say not on air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and bear in mind, I mean, you know, bear in mind, I've been, I've been heckled, heckled by the best of them because I'm up on stage and I get heckled and uh, thrown abuse at, as it were. Um, Regularly, I'm used to this, you know. Yeah. So you've got to be able to give it back, and you've got to have skin like a rhino, and I got a nose like one as well. So <laughs> I won't say yeah. what I'm thinking. <laughs> Calm your passion, boy. You'll hurt yourself. Oh, well, it's a bit like when we did um, the taster day down at the Ring of Bells, and we did the Fat and Harry cook-off, wasn't it? Oh yeah, the Ring of Bells at Compton Monarch. Yeah. Shire and they all cheered and I went from I'm from Cornwall and they all booted me I could have took that personally I just walked off walked off stage turned around and come back and we did the cooking didn't we yeah we had a, the laugh and a joke had everybody <laughs> laughing their heads off and you know the, we brought West Country colour to life yeah um, I'm proud of my accent you know it's not Bristol it's Somerset North Somerset to be precise but Bristol's on the on the doorstep. <laughs> but I always say you've got to be proud of where you're from. You know, unless you're from sort of Wales or something, you know, because that's just across the that. You can't <laughs> help that, you know. Someone said to me about Wales the other day, he said it's, it's a lovely country. I said, it's beautiful. I said, there's only one problem with it. It's full of Welsh. <laughs> only joking, my Welsh brothers and sisters, I love it over there. And I always have a good bit of banter with you guys, some great times. But, you know, there you go. Again, it's having a laugh. It's nothing personal, nothing, you know, we're not being derogatory, but it's having yeah, well, a laugh. We'll have to be nice to the Welsh, otherwise I'll send young Ricky over to sort us out. <laughs> what, Ricky Daniel? Yeah. My, my Barbados tenor from the Valleys? <laughs> he's a big lad, I wouldn't want to mess with him. <laughs> oh, he's a big old pussycat. Should have seen him back in the martial arts days. On the floor being a turtle? Oh, he was very talented fighter, real Ricky. You know, back in the days when the clubs used to, when the karate clubs used to fight um, and we used to comp- competition against each other. Yeah, no, uh, but yeah, no, he's a lovely bloke, Ricky. Absolute diamond, you know, heart of gold. When he got a big old Welsh voice boy or like that, you know, big old boy, you know. And uh, it's like, you know, we we, <laughs> we we had a little bit of a banter on Facebook a few years ago. And now Ricky loves the wind-up. He loves the crack. And he's a f- fantastic bloke. Um, fantastic sense of humour. Um, you know, he's 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 big, he's black, um, and he's got a great sense of humour. Now, put, most people won't banter with him because he'll pull the. Is it because I'm black? And and of course, everybody. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! We don't mean it like that. We're not racist or anything like that. Well, <laughs> wash with me. I take them with no real malice to it. And uh, he came out with it this day, and uh, he put on this post. I think you remember this, Ricky, if you're listening. And he put something, yeah, he said, I know what it's like about you white boys. He said, and he called me a mushroom. 
<laughs> I said, no, is that right, Ricky? I said, is that right, is it, boy? I said, I've seen you in the shower, don't forget, and it ain't true about you black fellas either. And he's like, oh, yeah. what is it, what are you trying to say? Because I'm black. I said, I said, no, I said, no, I said, it's just not true what they're saying about you black fellas. You're not all hung like uh, a donkey. He said, what are you trying to say? I said, well, you must feel like on your missus, you must feel like an ebony wardrobe with a little key sticking out falling on her. And uh, he, said, he said, all I got was, get. <laughs> right? so I remember this. Now, I started getting messages from people going, here, you better stop that. Don't you realise he's black? And I'm like, <laughs> did you look in the picture he put up just now? That's me and him stood in the kebab house. <laughs> so, I think I know he's black. He's an old friend of mine. He's, and he's a lovely, and he is a lovely bloke. And I do anything for him. He's a wonderful guy. But he does love a good, good bit of banter and a good crowd. And he doesn't get offended by silly stuff when people can't take a joke. No. You know, you know I, the trouble is nowadays, are bloody snowflakes today. You know, you say something, and they've got to go and sit in the corner in a quiet room and talk about their feelings. You know, and all this sort of stuff. Well, yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but God, oh God, I mean, the world's gone bloody mad. It's gone soft. You know, can you can you can you imagine going into into a battle or something? You know, like say on an Arab front or something in the old days, and uh, they go and and they call you a name, and they hang on a minute, I can't fight for a minute. Put your sword down. I've got to go and stand in the corner and talk about my feelings. Uh, yeah, they're really. using real bullets. Nobody told me they'd be using real ones. <laughs> oh, bloody hell! I tell you, what, I just, the, I, uh, I, the world has gone mad, absolutely mad. And well, yeah, I don't know. Let's not go down that subject. It's a beautiful sunny day here, and it will depress me. Not that it depress me because I don't get depressed. This one, I don't know. I just, you know. It's a lovely day, and I don't want to be in a bad mood about it. So let's no. talk, let's talk about something else. Otherwise, I'll start growling again, like a. Well, I'll tell you what's in the news this week, and I think it's damn good that it's happening. Is urban wild areas? Yeah, no, I've just been. Funniest thing is, funniest thing is, I've been having me breakfast. Hey, just guess what I have for breakfast this morning? Would it been a hot dog? <laughs> no. Uh, what I had this morning was, I hadn't had it for ages, a schoolboy favourite, toast and jam, or jam on toast, whichever way you want to call it. Had some of last year's bramble jelly. We've got about two jars left over, I think. Um, but toast and jam, bloody beautiful. While I was, um, while I was um, eating my toast and jam and I had a bit of five minutes and a, nice, and a proper builder's tea, you know, a proper strong cup of tea, not a dishwater rubbish. Like your, your mate, what's his name, Rob um, Norton? Bloody hell, he likes Rob Norton. He likes a, he basically likes a cup of warm milk and water with a with a tea bag just dipped in the top. <laughs> a bloody big girl's way of bloody having it. Sorry, Rob, but you're a big girl, right? Anyway, so I was watching. Um, I was watching. I was reading uh, the Mendip Times magazine. It's a wonderful magazine we've got. It's one of the local magazines. So I live on the foot of the Mendips here, um, and uh, it's uh, the article by you know, another old chum of mine, Chris Barron. And it's all about small space rewilding. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, if you can get hold of a copy of the um, Mendip Times, that's worth a read because there's, there's some good knowledge and inspiration and education put into that article. Very, very good read. Probably online. Say again? Will probably be a copy online, won't it? Possibly. I don't know. Uh, 
www.themendipsociety.org.uk. There you go, folks. Now, the Mendip Society magazine, which is this is in, in conjunction with, I used to be the editor of the Mendip Society magazine many, many moons ago. I've read your articles and edited them myself. How the hell did you edit other people's? <laughs> well, I only send you the rough, rough form. I've got to give you something to do, otherwise you sit around all day drinking coffee. It would have been smoking Ooh. fags, but you, but you gave that up a couple of years ago, so now you've got to have something to do. Yeah, six years ago now we gave up the smoking. How about is it, that? Is it be buggered? Well, there you are. So I've kept you, I've kept you yeah. off the fags. I'll give you something to do. <laughs> Thanks. Right, <laughs> on about doing something, I'm going to say a word to you. You tell me what it means. Konnichiwa. That's Japanese. Yeah, what does it mean, though? That means hello. No, it doesn't. It means today, if you actually translate it, but they use well, it they use as it. hello. Yeah. <laughs> Just to confuse the crap out of people. But we need to brush up on our Japanese, Mr. Collins, don't we? Uh... Right, so hang on. Let's have a look. How do you spell it? Konnichi. Just use Google Translate and say konnichiwa to it. I ain't talking to them me. Right. Konnichiwa is a <laughs> Japanese greeting, typically a midday to early evening greeting. It's also used as a formal greeting of hello, with hanji hon, konnichiwa is written as when konnichiwa is romanized directly from the hiragana. A mistake can occur. Right, okay. There you go. Well, it's a little bit conventional then. So it's it's like good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever. That's a little bit like um, Spanish or Juanas Diaz, Juanas Tiras, Juanas Notches. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so yeah, so Kanichiwa. Now, yes. Bear in mind, I should know that because my years of martial arts and Shotokan karate, I'm Jap- uh, a traditional Japanese trained. So, which also goes back to the shooting disciplines I do when I use the meditation technique, calm pond. There you go. Um, so what would that be, Collins, for our listeners that don't understand? <laughs> what, the calm pond? It's yes, a, it's a meditation pond. technique where you put yourself, your mind and body, and you are sat in the middle of a pond, lake, whatever you want to call it. The water is completely flat. You are sat on the water. And you meditate in such a way that you completely control all your body emotions, mind, body, soul, all that sort of stuff. And... That's how I teach people to shoot. So all this nonsense and rubbish about, oh, it's an erratic shooter, a crazed shooter. Well, then a crazed marksman. Well, no, he ain't a marksman. Because any sniper, marksman, athlete, shooting athlete shoots with their mind and body and emotions as a calm pond. Now, the calm pond, you're sat in the middle of it. You're in your mind. You're, you, uh, you know, you sat there. You meditate to such a position that you're in control of all your bodily emotions and everything else and you know if you do it right you can actually hear your own heartbeat uh, but if you are erratic or in any movement what happens to the water it gets a bit bubbly <laughs> it, it ripples ripples means you're not in control of your emotions so this is how i teach now i do a lot of start work with kids with autism and things like that now my, now my nephew jake being one of them um He's very erratic in the way he's thinking. You know, he's all over. You, you know about autism. Your children's thing. Um, I've worked with Jake, and even his mum, who's a teacher in the university school, had never seen him so concentrated. 
and I worked with him with the, the calm pond meditation techniques and I got him shooting. And when he started shooting, he was all over the place. He's like he's shooting a target with a shotgun. But now when we get him in the zone, he is putting in groupings at 25 yards the size of your little fingernail. Oh, I do. You know, and that's where... Like I, say, and like I say, that goes back to my, my training within Shotokan Karate and uh, traditional Japanese methods and different things. But we won't go down that road because it'll take too bloody long. Um, but yeah, so apart, so oh, yes, going back to Japan, um, we've got a chap in Japan tonight for our uh, podcast, haven't we? We have. We're doing our Fat and Harry a day early because we're both busy tomorrow. Yeah. So we're also doing our interview podcast a day early. But it will be a cracking interview. I've already had a chat with a gentleman today and thoroughly, thoroughly interesting. But here's one for you, Rob. Do you know the Japanese frown upon venison and think it's a lowly, dirty meat? Wow. That's surprising. So he spent a very long time trying to persuade all the Japanese that it's a fantastic meat. And they're still not convinced, but they're quite happy Have um, he does 500 gram bags of mince with um, minced pork fat through it for a bit of moisture. Yeah. And he says they're biting his arm off for that, but the main carcass, they're like, no. But he said it's all sorts of rigmarole just to do, um, say, selling to the local village, whatever, if he did. He would have to be the equivalent of a registered game dealer and all sorts just to do it. Mm. Well, I will say Chinese water deals bloody lovely. They're quite kind of cute as well by those bloody teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they look like little fluffy teddy bears. And you know what? When yeah. you, I, I mean, I've been up, up to Buckinghamshire on a cull with them and stuff. And do you know when you shoot them, they bloody, all the fur like comes out like porcupine needles? Does it? Yeah, it just all, shoot, you shoot them and it all shoots out of them. All the fur. Um, you know, so it's, it's quite quite funny. The fur comes out of them quite quite easily. But yeah, Ch- Chinese water are absolutely tasty. We did... We did the le- one of the legs in, we uh, wrapped in parchment paper and salt, pepper, and let it like, cook in its own juices. God, it's yep. gorgeous. It, I tell you, it tasted just like a hogget. Ideal. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. because I'm going downstairs and getting a bread roll and butter in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put your phone in between a bread roll. It won't taste the same. <laughs> it's like with some I don't know. It'd be like trying one of them clay pigeon sandwiches. <laughs> it's like some of the some of the recipes I've been putting on just lately, you know, of like oxtail and all different traditional recipes. I got people saying to me, "For God's sake, stop putting them on. The phone don't taste so good when you lick it." <laughs> Maybe you could invent something where you can tip your phone on an angle and the juices pour out. No, that'd be an idea. I could do something like a scratch and sniff or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm, don't think the app will work that way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> talking about apps, these apps are moving fast, Rob. We're talking about apps. I've shared a post this morning. Um, get try and promote people to go on there and take the. It's a thirty second to a minute um, questionnaire. Uh, they they need it to put towards this. Is an app called My Shoots, um, and I got a feeling uh, everything else I've seen and looked at hasn't got the potential this one has uh and i see this one as a global app rather than something that's just limited to this country um i have a little look on facebook greg i've stuck it over on the countryman's diary um click right, on yeah. there. take 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 the um questionnaire 
it takes 30 seconds. It's simple questions. You know, what's your style of shooting? What, you know, would you use an app? Would, you know, what do you think about conservation? You know, it's just tick the box. And it's just a, a bit of a questionnaire. Um, but it's worth doing. And you've got a chance of winning a, um, a hamper package from Wild and Game, which is quite a lot of money's worth. Oh, I do. Um, so, so for 30 seconds of your life, you got chance to win a bloody good price. Uh, and I've I got a feeling this app, when it comes out, um, is going to be quite good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign up for it, for Pass It On Young Sports, and use it for um, helping to run my Pass It On Young Sports days and events, taster days, range nights, all that sort of stuff. Oh, I do. Because uh, it, it's going to be a lot easier to get everything under one roof and then the people who I need to speak to in the same room, as it were, rather than yeah. sending a message here, a message there, an email here, a phone call there. You've got the chat rooms all built into it. It's all there. So it would be a damn sight easier for me to organise stuff. Sounds good. Well, if you ping me the link across, I'll stick it on the um, Wise Countryman page, which is doing rather well at the moment as yeah, well. Yeah, no, it's, it's doing really well. You you're not quite up to where the old edge grouper is, but then again, I've been doing it a long time. Well, I'm very far behind. Gee, you might have a few more likes than me and a bit <laughs> more following, but I've only been going two weeks. <laughs> you're, you're a fair way behind yet, my boy, but you'll get there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't know if... Uh, with a local authority in a woodland and stuff that they've let me use, I don't know if you've seen... Um, I'm building. I've been uh, building some wildlife hides and um, wildlife spotting eyes. It's part of a contract I'm doing with them for squirrel control and forestry, local with local authority. But um, you mean your wood penthouse you're constructing? Yes, I have seen the pictures. Well, the young sports were supposed to build <laughs> a wildlife watching hide. You know. You know you know, to shoot from, but also for me to shoot and deal with the squirrel prob- problems because we you know, massive amount of squirrel damage to the broadleaf trees and the forestry there. Um, and uh, yeah, the young sports got a bit carried away. I think they confused their centimeters with their meters. <laughs> Rob, your hamster's dead. Rob. Yeah. Rob? I'm losing you there. Is it you or me? Let me have a look. I got a... It's you. No, I'm on la- I'm on I'm on a proper landline one, then it's got full signal. Hello, Hello Greg. Yeah, can, yeah you can you hear you? It's got to be you because I got a full signal. It's showing f- five bars on the on the proper server. Yeah, I'm looking at my numbers here because my phone does all the actual number feed as well for the signal strength. Oh, right. I don't know that. don't know what I'm there. I think you're Amstrad of coffee breakers. Yeah, so that, yeah. He's got one leg off the wheel. Yeah. I said, I think your young sports got confused with centimetres and metres looking at the size well, of it. Yeah, I got to admit, it's gone a bit... Um, now, if it was... Now, young Fred Parfit is my young sport ambassador for conservation. And uh, he got this idea now to make it a double story platform with stairs up. And then if you want to be shooting squirrels, he said, we can have a shooting platform another another floor up again. I said, that's three floors. I said, I'm not building a bloody squirrel 
I'm three <laughs> floors high. I said, what well, machine? That's down on the ground. The squirrels be moving in at this rate. So, um, you know, you're going to see some more projects there because the, like I said, local authority have given us some materials as well um, to use uh, stuff that's left over. It's scrap, and uh, they've let us have. And uh, so the the young sports are going to be building in the in that woodland a couple more different things. And uh, I've said to them, right, you go and design, split into three groups, four groups, whatever, and you go and design your own ones, and let's see who comes up with the best design. So, uh, yeah, watch this space. If you look on Jack Pike on their Instagram, on their stories and stuff, you'll see the hide, this particular hide on there um, because a lot of it's made out with the um, Jack Bike Clear View netting. Um, oh, so I do. Is that a ghost netting? Yes, yeah, so yeah. it's called, yeah, ghost netting, but it's clear view, it's called Clear View netting with Jack Pike. Oh, yeah, so I there do. We go. But it's been some fun with the kids doing that and, um, you know, what with lockdown and everything else, they've, they've been absolutely going stir crazy. So we, keeping the social distancing, keeping them in their family groups doing stuff. Um, but uh, like I say, young Grace, young Grace there, she's a, she's a lovely young girl. I've known her since she was a very small, very young baby. Um, and there she is, uh, she's 14, 15 now. And she's out working the boys. She's carrying bloody great logs around on her shoulders and everything else. And some of the boys are like, oh, oh that's it. But she wants, she don't come from a farming family or anything like that, but she wants to... Um, her dream is is to she wants to get grow, get a small hold in her farm and breed rare breed animals and fowl and that sort of stuff. I do. Now in the pictures, is that the quite a tall young lady? Yeah, yes, tall lady. You're tall young lady, but black hair. All right. But she's the only girl we have because all the other girls were like, "Oh no, we can't do that. Might get." crack our nail varnish or smudge our makeup or, or whatever it was. <laughs> so I don't know what it is with girls. They're all, they're brilliant. And so they get to a certain age and then, then they turn into like my daughters did. They turn into makeup and boy, divas, makeup and boyfriends and, eesh, ugh, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a proper girl. She's getting out there. She's what, she 14, 15. She's, you know, puts her shooting jacket on. She's carrying logs around and, you know, she, helping me shoot squirrels and going picking them up and she wants to cook them and eat them and all sorts of stuff. So she's one of those rare guiding lights. I think we're going to see a lot more of young Grace as she gets older. I think she's going to be a British huntress. Sounds good. We need a few more ladies. We definitely need a few more ladies, but we need a few more ladies that do it right. Just a bit like Eva Shockey. You know, Jim's daughter. Eva's a wonderful, wonderful huntress. Um, And a great character. Um, and I think young Grace, given the right guidance, she'll be up there one day. I wonder about young ladies that are doing well. I looked on Instagram this morning, I only pop in once or twice a week. And there, the first post is Amber Hill, our um, gold medalist yeah, shooter. Amber's from my this neck of the woods. Yeah, well, she's got a medal on. It's nearly as big as her, Rob. It is massive. Yeah, no, she's done very well, young Amber. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. A real ambassador for for shooting, for the shooting sports. <coughs> but, you know, I, I, I really want to see more, you know, I mean, I'm probably a bit biased in some ways because I've got two daughters. I've got a son as well, obviously. He, he loves all that. He's a rough old farm boy. Likes his, he's got some sheep and some pigs down there and everything else. But, you know, as a two daughters, I'd like to see more ladies and women and girls in 
in country sports. And I don't mean just the shooting side. I mean all sorts right across the board. You know. Um, yes. I, you know, Brighton's a day. I mean, a lot. I mean, some of the old guard are like oh, what women in the hunting field? What? Oh. But um, I'm not like that. I rather see them there. I mean, they had some colour, some depth, um, a great deal of passion and experience they bring along. You know, and I love teaching girls and and young boys and younger boys and stuff because as as boys I mean get older they they puff out their chest and give it the I've got the big chest I've got it better than you whereas ladies and and, and younger boys girls and boys they listen and they and they they get on and do it. You all right? Yeah, I accidentally touched the phone screen, but accident is still live. <laughs> we'll just carry on. You were saying shooting ladies. Mm-hmm. Well, well, ladies, I, ladies and girls, um, I, I like to say I want to see more in, in country sports in general, not just the shooting sports. Um, you know, like I said, as a father of two daughters, I'm sorry, I'm biased in that way. I've got the son as well, obviously. But like I said, when you teach a lady or a girl, or a younger boy, um, how to do, they get on and just do do it. You know, and you know. They don't give it that, oh, I think you should do it this way, I should do it that way. You, you teach a lady how to do it. She's right, okay. And you, you mould them. Like, say, say I'll say, I'll use the shooting as, a, as, a, as an example. You teach a, a young lady or a lady or whatever how to shoot, and she, she, they do it the way you teach them, and they get on with it. It's not the, oh, well, I think you should do it this way, or I should do it that way. Right, who's the coach right here? Me, you, or whatever. Come on. Um, and they get on with it, and then we, then you obviously, you know, work, you build a bond, and you work together, and and you know, some of those ladies are fantastic at shooting. I mean, not just the shooting, but right across the board, whether it's horse riding, whether it's working the dogs, flying the birds, prey, ferreting. I've been with, been ferreting with some wonderful ladies that I tell you what, they can lay a net and dispatch a rabbit faster than a lot of men I know. Yeah, you know, um, so you know, like I say, so Amber Hill, uh, what a wonderful ambassador for for the shooting sports. Yes. Um, um, yes. Yeah, so well, we uh, touched on it a little bit in last week's podcast as well. Don't you find the ladies a lot easier to teach because they actually listen to the instructions clearly the first time, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they don't go in with a, I know better than you. I mean, I've got... <laughs> I've, the amount of times I've had to coach, and it's, it's quite funny when I got to coach a husband and wife team, or or a brother and sister, or something like that. And the girl, the the the, the lady outshoots the man, or, or the the brother, or whatever. When the males have got more experience, they've done it, and the girls have never done it before. And they, and the next thing, I mean, I did we did one as a corporate party, it was classic, and the the husband was giving it all the the big, big balls and all the rest of it. I'm I'm this, I'm that. I've shot this, that, and the other. And uh, I just seen his wife roll her eyes. And I was like, all right. And uh, she, I said, you having a go, my love? He said, no, the last time he made me um, made me have a shoot, he said, it bruised my shoulder. And I said, really? And then they were laughing because they'd given her a 12 bore with a 34 gram load in it. Oh. Right? And I was like, right. I said, I'll tell you what, my love. I said, trust me. Listen to me. I'll, I'll. So I got a nice little 20 bore. With a, with a, I mean, you, I could have used the 12 bore a lot, uh, and I would use the like E-League 21 gram load. But what it was, I had a nice little 20 bore there at the time, a little 20 bore semi-auto. So that takes a lot of the kick out. And then some nice light loads uh, from, um, who was it from? Hull, I think it was. It was a Hull load, I think it was. I had a nice clay load. I'm trying to remember. It was a few years ago. Anyway, so she said, are you sure? I said, I'll tell you what, before we shoot any clays, 
I'll just let you fire one shot. I'm just here. So she fired one shot through this little semi-auto I've got. And i got to admit, that, that gun, I've got it tuned up so sweet. Um, and, you know, I think you could have, you could fire that one-handed and you wouldn't really notice the recoil. And she fired it. She was like, wow, no recoil. It didn't really, didn't beat me up. I went, no. I said, no. I said, let's have a practice on the clays. And I taught her all the way through the day. Um, I had a team of instructors out. We had a, it was, let's say it was, a, it was a, a 50th birthday party. Um, so we had quite a few people there shooting. This was a couple of years ago. Now. And that was up at the Mendip shooting ground. And um, by the end of the day of me coaching her, she not only had the highest score, she kicked her husband's and his mate's backside so well, I made them, all, made them carry her gun and her cartridges around for her. <laughs> you know, and I tell her, she walked around smiling and I, I said, there you go, love. I said, no, I said, I said, when these, I said, absolute bloody madness is stupid. Who the hell in their right mind gives a kid or a, or a woman a gun that's going to beat them up and put them off for life and think it's funny? Absolute madness. Just last year, I remember one of the dads um, on a pigeon shoot give his son a gun with a bloody French Magnum cartridge in it. And uh, the, the, the kid was a bit scared of doing it anyway because he'd, they'd, he'd had a go on, a, on his uncle's rifle and they thought it was hilarious giving him a three hundred eight rifle and put him on his ass. Well, I didn't find that very funny. No. So um, I, got him, I taught him with my gun and uh, got him on a little 410. And, uh, you know, we got him shooting a few pigeons coming into a, into a city tree just as they're about to land, let him have it. And he dropped half a dozen and he was smiling like a Cheshire cat. You know, so after that, you know, he wasn't scared. But, well, bloody stupid mindedness, you know, to do something like that, to scare someone and think it's hilarious and give them a brute shoulder and all that. That does us no good whatsoever. So any of you idiots out there doing that, I've got no time for you. No. Right, well, we're going to have to wrap it up, Mr. Collins, because we've got another appointment to go to this afternoon. So I'll teach you a new word, sayonara. Sayonara, spell it. Um, S I N. I don't know. I'm saying uh, I don't know. It's all those little squiggly bits. They're hard to spell. It looks like a tree branch. <laughs> you, you still don't listen. It's an old schoolboy one. I T spell it. Oh dear. And you mentioned about my roll, rock and roll joke earlier. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I've had a bit of a rant the last couple of weeks. I'm in a grumpy mood. I think. That's because of your age. It's like PMT, but for boys. I just, I'm start, I remember we're starting to get like the R.E.M. for the two old gits. <laughs> you know, I, I need to get me lightheadedness on. I've had, do you know, the last, well, what, what day are we on today? Oh, yeah, I know. The last few days, I've had nothing but uh, corporate business Zoom meetings where I've got to have my corporate head on. And I tell you what, it ain't no good for a good old, rough old country boy like me doing stuff like that. I'm not designed to sit in an office. No, <laughs> you know, so you know, I'm going to go out and get some sunshine and vitamin E and that into me, into me feathers and sit on a perch and watch the world go by for a half hour in a minute. But at two o'clock, I've got to be out on the estate because uh, myself and the underkeeper have got to go and uh, do a load of maintenance and some fencing and stuff. So that'd be happy, you know, because I'm then I'm out in the outdoors. And one thing I all, I've always believed, the good Lord has always said, I believe that. A bit of hard labour is good for the body, mind, and soul. Oh yes. Yeah. So this afternoon I'm going to go and be umping timber, 
doing some lumber, dropping some fences, got to drop a couple of ash trees and uh, we got to build some fences back up that some stock had pushed down. So, uh, you know, I'm actually quite looking forward to that because I actually like hard work. I enjoy uh, manual labour. You know, I can do all the corporate stuff and the sales and all the bits and bobs, Ben, and that's all right and dandy, but I do enjoy working with my hands and a bit of hard labour. Yes, something constructive about constructing stuff, isn't there? Yeah, and do you know what? You stand back, and I said this to the underkeeper the other day. He's a young lad coming through. And I said, there you go. I said, there was your vision. We did that. Now look at you. Now your vision is a reality. What do you think? He went, that's bloody handsome, that is, he said. Devonshire boy, see? He said, that's handsome. He said, that's, he said, I didn't think we could do that. I said, well, there was no way about it. I just helped and supervised. I said, this was your idea. I said, and it worked. I said, so there you are. Your, your vision became a reality. Yep. Oh, there we go. So there we go. We're both on a high. We've had another good podcast. We've got another one to do later on. And we shall wish our, wish our listeners a good day, I believe, Rob. Well, yes. And I've just seen my secretary's turned back up at the office and I can see the perc- I can hear the percolator uh, gurgling away. So I'm going to have a nice fresh brewed coffee in a minute. And uh, I do believe I see some uh, Danish pastries. Now, I know she's been down to Jacklands this morning. Um, to pick up the cackleberries that we I didn't have uh, this morning. That's how I ended up with toast and jam. And so I reckon I got a nice fresh local bakery, Danish pastry and a nice coffee coming in a minute before I head out. Sounds good to me. Will well, you enjoy that? Catch you on the flip flop, mucker. Catch you on the flip side, mucker. Have a good one. And you. Cheers.